Huh. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 11 with Two Dudes of Sports News. Sorry we took a week off there, but we are back and better than ever. As always, my name is Garrett, and I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. Again, sorry for the long, the week-long hiatus. But again, we had, we had a very busy we had a very busy schedule last week. Life gets busy, man, but we're back and let's do it. So let's jump on into it, kind of talk a little bit about, you know, some basketball. And honestly, this is gonna be a very basketball heavy episode. Um, but let's get it started off with some good old fashioned summer league. So I don't know about you, but when I watched game one with uh, Memphis versus OKC and watched Zach Randolph Jr., also Kenny Lofton Jr., completely demolish uh, Chet Holmgren, it kind of gets me thinking about it. But you know more about Kenny than I do, so let's get you started on that. Yeah, Kenny Lofton actually watched about a few of his games last season. Um, he went to La Tech, Louisiana Tech. Um, in the conference USA, which is also in the same conf, which is also the same conference that uh, Univers- University of Alabama Birmingham UAB um, is actually in, and those were the top two teams that actually finished in the conference tournament championship last year. UAB went on to win, but uh, Kenny Lofton actually got in foul trouble in that championship game. But overall, I watched a lot of his games when they did play UAB. He's a big dude. He's a smooth dude. He is not the quickest. He's not the tallest. He's not the fastest. But the dude has a smooth game. He's comfortable with who he is and what he does. Um, tr- actually, he's tremendously confident in who he is and what he does. And when you watch his game, it does remind you of a Zach Randolph. The only thing about it, he has a quicker jumper. He has a more confident jumper. You actually have the sense. Uh, you actually have the sense that he will not the jump, knock down the three ball or the mid range no matter where he's at and no matter how you're guarding him, he's going to find a way to get it. He's physical. He's not scared. He's a dog. Um, so from what I'm seeing in the summer league, I'm actually just happy that he's given the opportunity. And, and we, well, he's given the opportunity. I'm just happy that he's taking it and, um, and sailing it. And not only is he impressing a lot of the coaches and the scouts so far in the summer league, he's even impressed uh, Memphis star guard, John Morant as well. Because we saw him being excited about his new teammate a couple of a uh, couple of games ago. Absolutely, man. I mean, the man is six foot seven, two seventy five. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near that if you know he's coming towards me in the paint. Granted, I'm also five ten, a buck eighty, so he would just eat me alive. But <laughs> I mean, you nailed it with uh, the Zach Randolph comparison. He's a big body dude who could play the four. He's going to run everybody over. He's got a jumper, so you don't have to, you know, he's got a jumper so you don't end up with that hack-a-shack mentality where people are like, oh, you know, we'll just foul him and then force him to shoot. It's like, no, he can just pull back and jump on, or just he hit so many threes in that game. And for a four, you know, it's nice to see. But, you know, like you said, Ja is a huge fan of his, and I don't know if you saw, but he's on a two-way contract now. So I don't know when that came out, but I'm reading the article right now talking about how he's on a two-way contract with the Memphis Hustle of the G League. So he's made it, man. What's the I name, love it. What's the name? What's the name of the article? Who's like who wrote it or who sponsored it? Like I'm just looking on Wikipedia right now. So I, I know that's not the most certified source, uh, but <laughs> if it's true and he's on a two-way contract with Memphis Hustle, we um, that's fantastic. And but like, how much of the summer league have you been watching, man? I know your uh, your Alabama guard did pretty well in the last game for Boston. I'm happy to see JD JD Davidson out of University of Alabama, who is with the Boston Celtics. I'm glad to see him doing really good. He's showing his ability to be a playmaker. The problem is when he was at Alabama, the critics are like the criticism on him was he couldn't find a way to be able to create it 
well he could create his own shot in open space and mainly in fast break because that was his bread and butter but a lot of it was even in high school he always relied so much on his athleticism in fact he was he was better than anybody that he stepped on the court with when he got to an elite level elite level of basketball that's where the skill had to be seen and we didn't see a whole lot of it consistently he was always capable of like knocking down an open shot or knocking down an open three ball and be able to show up high flying abilities but like with him as a point guard you question a lot of his decision making on that end you question his ball handling because there was times where he did uh have a lot of turnovers and um forced a lot of and uh, forced a lot of shots when the opportunity like you know where it saw itself and but to see him transition putting the work over uh, over the break when the season ended for the tide to see him doing what he's doing right now being a point guard making plays knocking down open shots using athleticism on like using his bread and butter to be um, to be able to see him do that right now in summer league has been absolutely tremendous i mean it really is man it's really cool to see and with a lot of these players too honestly this so that's kind of one thing i want to touch on a little bit which is some you know summer leagues winners and losers and because we're coming to a close right now honestly a lot of those top picks really panned out and even some of these later second round guys have shown to be strong players this is I feel like this has been one of the deeper NBA drafts that we've seen in a little bit. What about you? I agree with that, but I really want to touch on something else. Um, Go for it. Going back to when the draft actually happened, there was a lot of talk between who's going to be the number one overall pick, whether it was going to be Jabari Smith, whether it was going to be Chet. Paolo Bancaro was always in consideration, but nobody really, but like before the draft actually came, nobody really thought it was going to be him to be the number one overall pick. Then all of a sudden, the Vegas odds went uh, completely over to Paolo Bancaro. And then we're thinking controversial, say, like, okay, Vegas knows something that we don't. Um, so far in the summer league, whoever made the decisions and whoever made the decision. To take Paolo over everybody has been right so far. Paolo Bancaro, NBA players have been talking about him. Scouts have been talking about him. Analysts have been talking about him. Um, the dude has been so good and so creative and has been playing so amazing to the point where the Orlando Magic organization just said, like, you know what? You're done for the summer league because we want to go ahead and give other people that's on the team a shot to be uh, uh, just a shot to play. And a shot to see if they can make the team. You're already on it. You're already the future. You're good. You've already done. You've already shown enough. That says a whole lot. It does. Because and- one thing I was excited about going into this player, going into the summer league, everybody that was in this draft did not have a big injury that will hold uh, that that will hold them out of the summer league. So we would see everybody that was in the first round, and I, uh, except for AJ Griffin. Um, but that's that's a different story um so yeah so that's that so that's that the um paulo has been amazing to watch as a playmaker you're seeing him you saw him use his 610 frame and for him to be able to create shots both off the jumper getting to the rack uh knocking down the three ball and he has a tremendous upside to the point where you had nba players and i was watching a little i was watching clips of the draymond green show uh Draymond Green's podcast of the uh Go to State Warriors. I uh, like he even talked like numerous he even talked like um remarked so much and talked highly of the young uh, of the young phenom out of Duke. So the future's upside for Ben Carroll and I can't wait to see what he's going to do for Orlando. 
I agree, man. I mean, I think this is a turning point in the uh, the Magic franchise. You've got so many stars that you can build around. You've got a big three already. That's it's a, a it's a young big three too. If they start to come into their own, because you got Jalen Suggs, you got Cole Anthony, and you've got Paolo Bencaro. I mean, that's a solid young core to build around right there. So I'm, I'm honestly, Magic is going to be it's going to be a fun team to watch this year. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, I mean, for me, with some of the, I guess, the winners of the Summer League, Paolo for sure in the Magic, I thought that was fantastic. Um, I mean, they looked fantastic. Jaden Ivey, even though he only played one game, really kind of showed out. Yeah, the opening statement with Jaden Jaden was that live to Jaren Jaren Duran. That could be a really good combo. I actually like Jaren Duran going, uh, going into this draft. So, like, there's a lot of upside with that. Yeah, I mean, he Ivy looked fantastic. This really did look like one of the deeper league or one of the deeper drafts. So I'm really, it's going to be fun to watch. But let's keep it with basketball. Um, you mentioned Kenny Lofton uh, being loved by Ja Morant in the summer league, and I don't know about you, but I saw an article with Ja a little a couple about a week ago, I think, where he was asked who he thinks the most athletic guards in the game are, and the list with him goes himself first. Anthony Edwards and Zach Levine as the one, the two, and the three. So Anthony Edwards, John Morant, Zach Levine. Of those three, who are your most athletic guards in the game? Rank them one, two, three. Ooh, that's tough. Um because <laughs> I can tell you what Ja said, but I'm gonna go man, Zach, I, I'm gonna go Zach Levine, John ja Morant, and I'll go Ant. And it's very, very, very close. Zach Levine you, has been in the league a lot longer. And to see him control himself in the open space, and you could really make well in the open air, not even open space, but in the open air. And you can make the and again, you can make the same case for each and every one. But I'll give Zach Levine a higher edge over those guys simply because it's not just uh, athleticism; it's game. I like Zach Levine's game added on with his athleticism to make up to make up for that. Uh, with Ja and Ant, they're still young and have time to develop more into their game with their athleticism, and they do have it, and a lot of it's raw. But with Zach Levine, he's already kind of tapped into, um, he's already kind of tapped into his athleticism and be able to mold it into his game. So I got to go Zach Levine more so than those guys. See. I'm going to agree 100% with Ja Morant and his ranking is I think Ja is the most athletic guard in the game right now. The, the man, He literally is the definition of jumps out of the gym. The ability for him to get up in the air like that for being such a small guard. and I mean, he's not a small guy, but the, the balance he has is incredible. Edwards is fantastic. Um, the, the reason why I think Levine is at three is solely because of longevity. He's been having a little bit of injury issues lately, and that has me concerned. But that's something we see with a lot of these, you know, high-flying athletic guards and just some of these, you know, high-flying guys is they just get hurt a little more often. I don't know if you remember Derrick Rose and how long it took for him to come back. And that's the reason why I'm scared about John Morant. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's I'm, it, it worries me when some of these guys are just these athletic freaks. And, I, again, I mean that in the best way possible. You've got these guys who can jump out of the gym, can hit from anywhere in the gym, can block, steal, outrun, outpace everybody, and just really dominate the floor from a pure athletic standpoint. And if they don't take care of themselves, you have an unfortunate situation like what happened with Derrick Rose, where, I mean, he's 
coming back, but he's what? How old is Derek Rose? He's like 35 or something like that? At least, at least, yeah. Yeah, it's you have these guys who are coming back, and they're – where is he? Yeah, he's 33. Oh, it's close. He's 33, and yeah, he's 33, and he's not going to have that same athleticism he had when he first started in the league, but he's he's not the same dude. I don't know. He's been balling out lately. I'm looking at his stats. Maybe, maybe I might be, he's been I might be out. taking the stats. He's not the D. He's not D. Rose anymore. D. No. Rose was the MVP. D. Rose was 2011. He was the MVP at that point. He was the best point guard in the league, and there was no debate. He's not D. Rose now. He's, he's just not Derek. D. Rose. He's just Derrick Rose. He ain't D. Rose no more. We're never gonna see that again. The thing with Ja is he was having a good run within the playoffs actually throughout the entirety of the season, but you saw Memphis mm-hmm. win a whole lot of games without him. But also when he did, but not excusing like you wasn't going to win a championship or compete for a championship without him. And that showed against the golden state warriors. Mm-hmm. The problem is like, it was one thing. It was an injury. It was the fact that it was a knee injury at that. Yes. And now it's not as serious because Derek Rose tore his ACL. Right. That was an ACL. And he didn't even play the year after that. And there was so much speculation. Was Derrick Rose going to be the same after that? Because it was so gruesome of a knee, of an ACL injury that it kept him out the entirety of that season. But we have another example of that, too. If you look at Paul George, where he destroyed his leg and that gruesome injury, he was never the same player. True. He was never the same player, but he was, became a better player because early, early pre-injury, Paul George was an athlete, was an athletic guy. He was a Zach Levine to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the injury, he started working on other parts of his game. Derrick Rose started working on other parts of his game. You still see bits and pieces of what he what he used and what he used to used to do back in his MVP season where he's able to uh, facilitate, get to the rim, um, knock down quick floaters. Uh, his three-point shot has gotten a little bit better. But yeah. going with Ja Morant, Ja Morant is still not a consistent three-point shooter, and he's going to get better as time goes on. But in order for him to be the best guard in the league, he's had he, one, he's got to work on the shot, both whether it's mid-range or three-point. Actually, preferably both. Yeah, he's got to work on that because guys are still are still like backing off a little bit because they're they're fearful to get blown by and for him to rise up and take down like and put you on a poster. So with Job ja Morant is more so this is why like personally, like there's always there's been a lot of talk between Job ja Morant and Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's ridiculous. I don't. Both are all star guards. Yeah, I would take Trey Young over Job ja Morant. See, I don't know. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're, this is going to lead to a whole other conversation in a second. But here's what I, I – let's do top five athletic guards in the league because there's two guys I want to add in there that I feel like are hey, – hey, But here's the thing. I, I don't like I don't like doing the whole athletic guard because if you're in the NBA, if, outside of Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, outside of them guys, like almost everybody's an athlete. Even the guys that, even the guys that are like – because, dog, if we want to go all time, you can make – you can make a case that, like, that you can put Gerald Green – as one of the most athletic guards of all time. Joe Green can fly, though. But, yeah, he you're right. He can fly. The dude was a straight athlete. There was a lot of athletes in this game. But, like, I'm not going to go that route. That's Trae Young is nowhere near the athlete that John Morant is. No. And, I, but I'm the gonna, imp- and both of them have an extreme highly impact on the game. The reason why I would put Trey over John, it ain't because of what he did in the playoffs. And both of them can handle big moments in big games. Trey Young's a better shooter than John Morant. 
because guys will guard Trey Young all the way down to the half court. Now, he's not Steph Curry. Trey Young is Trey Young. He got a Steve Nash game to him. It's not a Steph Curry game, even though there's a little bit of it. It's a mixture of Curry. And, uh, it's a mixture of Curry style game. He's not Curry. He's not Curry. I'm not saying he's not Curry. I'm not saying that he is Curry. He got a Curry like game to him, but he got more of a Steve Nash old school MVP Phoenix Sun type of game to him. That's the mixture of it. He's a better shooter than Jock. This is a shooting league. You must be able to knock down a three ball unless you're a seven-foot giant that can be able to kill rebounds, athletic, can guard a perimeter, and whatnot. Both, both Ja and Trey Young are defensive liabilities. More so Trey because he's small. But both, if they put their mind to it and just like not be a liability, the rest can handle itself. This is an offensive-driven league. This is a shooting league. You can be physical with both guys. Job be able to take it because of his size. Trey Young, all he got to do is just add some weight and get in the weight room. But because Trey is a better shooter, both can facilitate. Trey's a little bit better on that end. Both of them can lead. It's about 50-50 on leadership. Because Jai had a great season last year and the year that Trey Young led, led his team to the Eastern Conference Finals before the injury, he still had 48. He still had 48 in the first round on uh, 48 against uh, the like the future. Milwaukee um, future uh, NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. He still bust forty eight in game one. Trey nah, Young's a better shooter. He's a better facilitator. Both are not that great defensively, but because he's a better shooter, and this is the shooting league. I'm taking Trey Young over Ja right now. I'll take Ja over Trey, and I, it, it's. I, I just think Ja has Ja. You can't go wrong with either one. No, absolutely not. I think Jaws a better defender. I mean, if you look at Jaws stats, I pulled up both their stats from 2021 and 2020 and 2019. The only issue I have is it looks like neither of them have played a full season over the last three years, which is cause for concern. But here, but here's the thing though. Trade never uh, Trey young future wise without questioning, without debate. I will take Trey young for the next five years over John Moran. Because Ja, Ja, his game right now relies on his athleticism. Now he can facilitate and do other things, but if you had to do a percentile of his game and what it relies upon, his game relies a lot, a lot of his athleticism, which means he must be able to take care of his body for a long period of time. Trey Young's game is not relied on athleticism; it is relied on a multitude of things: be able to shoot the ball, float game, facilitate. Now Ja is on athleticism. Facilit- uh, facilitation and leadership. Both of them have that, uh, that can, like that tangent. Both of them have that ability. Trey's only injury problem has been an ankle. We've seen a bunch of people recover from ankle injuries. Steph Curry is the top of that list. Yeah. A knee injury and you're a high flyer. You're getting into a whole different debate. If he cannot develop his jump shot, that'll be more interesting. Um, I think Ja can absolutely develop his jump shot. I think he's the better defender. He's the better rebounder. It's always nice to have boards from a guard. It's not something you normally get in your game. And he does facilitate pretty well, too. So the only issue is, again, for both these guys to continue to stay healthy, continue to finish the season, play all, you know, play every single game. And there's going to be times where people sit out, but they've had injuries consistently over the last three years. And they're all, you know, some are minor, some aren't. So it'll be really interesting to see. Now, a guard that, I think the clock is running down on is Dame. And I love Dame. I think Dame is a fantastic guard. 
I'm just worried that he's running out of time. He's had to develop his game quite a bit, and he is one of the coldest dudes in the league right now. So I'm really, really, really hoping that they can get some help around him because I'd love to see Portland make a push. I'm disappointed in Dame Lillard. Why are you disappointed in Dame? I'm I'm disappointed in Dame Lillard, and I'm disappointed in Bradley Beal. Don't be coming for my Gators now. I love Bradley Beal. Let me me go in with this one. Okay, go for it. I got to get this off my chest. Go for it. Both of these guys are all stars. Some uh, they're all pros. They're all world talent. Tremendous shooters. Tremendous game changers. They are not winners. They're not winners. I'm not gonna get onto a black man for trying to get his money. It's not about the money. If the money is there, you take it. Especially in this world, if the money is there, you take it. I'm not gonna knock that. But when you're a professional athlete, doesn't matter what the sport. And I'm probably the wrong person to like go ahead and say this because I'm the outside looking in. But from listening to a bunch of athletes talk about this, a bunch of pro athletes talk about this, a bunch of like champions talk about this on numerous and several occasions. I'm of the mindset like this. When you're a professional athlete and you're at the upper echelon among the best players in your profession, what is your ultimate goal? Win a ring. Is it the win a ring or get a bag or both? You see, Damian Lillard, I'm going to address Dane first. No, better yet, I'm going to get Bradley Bill first. Bradley Bill has been in Washington his entire career. Yep. The closest that he ever came to even sniffing championship contention was the season that I want well, there was two, I think there was two instances. It was going against your Boston Celtics when Isaiah Thomas was the best player. And the second one is when the Atlanta Hawks beat them in the playoffs. And I want to say, yeah, the, yeah, the second in the second round when John when John Wall was in his prime. Those were the best. Those were the best two. And those were the best two times. Outside of that. The Washington, Wizards, the Washington Wizards have been a disgrace. They've been an embarrassment. And you never include Bradley Beal in that because he shows up. But at the same time, you got to ask the question, bruh, do you want to win a championship? Or do you, want, or do you just want to like be in the league, compete, and just get a bag? You see, all of this whole join a super team stuff or like create a super team stuff. It started with LeBron. It started with LeBron James when he decided to leave Cleveland, go with D Wade and bring and bring Chris Bosh from Toronto to Miami to create the big three. That was created. That was assembled. That was the Avengers with Kevin Durant. He went to a 73 winning team and he lost to it. That's the justice league. Kevin Durant joined the justice league. With with Bradley Beal, I get it. You want to stay in the town that you. I don't knock people that want to stay in the town that they slick that they NBA careers grew up in. But with that being, but with all that being said, you sign a contract again. I'm not knocking the money, but we got to look at him like say he ain't trying to win a ring, and that's fine. For some people in that profession, they're not. They're trying to get a bag and secure the future of their of their lives. I'm not gonna knock that. But at the same time, I'm still going to say this. He ain't trying to win a ring. And it's okay. 
Maybe not for the fan base. Maybe not for the fans of Bradley Bill. But that's just how I see it. Now we get to Dame. Damian Lillard is a top five point guard. He's a cold-blooded killer. He is a dog. And not to mention, he's a talented human being and a tremendous human being at that. My brother, you got endorsements out the yin-yang. You're at the point, you're a philosopher. I think you. I, I think with Damian Lillard, his ability to be able to, one, be possibly the best rapper in, out of all the NBA players in the league. I was about to say, we got to bring that up too when uh, he, he got he called has, out. And he has him. bars. We've seen other NBA players make more money outside of NBA sources than in the NBA. LeBron James is a prime example of that. Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry. We've seen other other superstars in this league make more money that they don't even need the NBA's money. And those guys are champions because of the sacrifice on that one. And I can even go outside of basketball. You look at Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. He took pay cut at the pay cut because he knew the ultimate goal. That's mm -hmm. why he's one of the greatest winners. You look at, uh, you think about some of the teams in the MLB. They'll take pay cuts in order to win the championship. I'm not saying take a pay cut, but if you are that dude, if you are that extremely great of a talent, and Dame is that, as fans of him, you want to see him get a chip. And we got to be honest, nobody is coming to Washington. Nobody's coming to Portland. That is not a prime free agent destination unless they make a big move with a big trade. If Portland or Washington is able to trade for a Kevin Durant, they won't be able to keep Dane. But trades like that, stuff like that, you're not going to get a free agent to come to Portland or Washington. I'm sorry, it hurts, but it's the truth. It's not a primary, it's not a prime free agent destination. No, so you need somebody who's established. If you're Dane, you're the only good thing that's there. CJ McCollum left and he made the playoffs and almost took the Phoenix Suns to, and almost took the Phoenix Suns onto to, on to seven games. And now the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be picked as one of the top eight teams, not top 10. They're going to be a top 18 next season. And Dane is in Portland with a lot of young talent, but their franchise is rebuilding. Here's my thing. Then I'm going to hop in on this real quick. I'm almost, almost done. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Bradley Bill and Dame Lillard, I don't knock y'all for getting the bag. I will not knock a black person for getting their money. This is not about the money that I'm addressing. This is about where are you in this for the money or are you in this for the chip? Because y'all are that great of both as professionals, athletes, and professionals in general that y'all endorsements could take care of you a lot better than what the NBA contracts can. At least that's the outside looking in. Right. I don't see those guys as winners anymore. I see them as dogs. I see them as game changers. But I do not see them as champions or winners. Here's my thing. So 
if you look at their lineups, I think Portland is set up more to succeed than uh, Washington is right now. The only issue is, like I said, Dame is getting old. Dame is 32. Now, I don't know off the top of my head the average lifespan of an NBA player, and by lifespan I mean time in the league, but 32 is toe in the line. So the you got way, a guy. The way that the one and done has been done, and now they're starting to get to the point where high school players can go into the league again. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, NBA, NBA primes last a whole lot longer than NFL and the NFL. Oh, for sure. Like that, yeah, that part was never up for debate. But if you look at the teams, it looks like Beal's got a little bit more time than Dame to get it together. Um, but if you look at Portland's lineup right now, I don't, I don't hate their starting five. I think their only weakness right now is. Josh Hart and maybe how how okay how is Anthony Simons on defense? Not that great, but he's a tremendous scorer. He the Duke he can buck his but dog. Yeah, he's he a bucket dog. Portland ain't compete for no championship. I'm not saying they compete for a championship. But, but that's can... the ultimate goal. You at the like you he's in the starters, dog. He's still he's still logo Lillard. The dude is still a dog. Oh, I know. And you want to see him, and you want to see the brother compete for a championship. He's not winning one in the state that Portland is in, and it's not no. going to get a state where it's said like, "Dog, Portland going to win a chip." They're not. That's a disappointing we'll fact. Can they make the playoffs? Of course, they're going. They can make the playoffs. But dog, if you look in the West, you look at what Curry's done to him over the years. Now I understand. You look at what Drew Holiday did to him, did to him that one year when he got swept by like him and AD in New Orleans. You look at New Orleans. You look at Memphis. We just got to, uh, got done talking about John Moran. Oh, I know. The West is loaded. And okay, you want to talk about Portland rosters? Let's go ahead and do. Let's go ahead and do this. Give me your top. Going in the next season, give me your top. Uh, give me your top ten teams. Who do you see getting in the playoffs? And where does Portland rank? Portland ranks just outside the top 10. We don't need to get too far into that. I think Portland will get either an eight seed or a play-in spot. Now, and that's just going league-wide, not east versus west. The reason why I think Portland's I'm just talking about the west. Just the west? hmm. No particular order. Just give me the teams that you feel like that you know is going to make the playoffs. All right. Well, let's break it down. So, Golden State, for sure. Phoenix, for sure. Memphis, for sure. So, we're looking at three right there. Um, Lakers, I think, will if they stay healthy, I think the Lakers can make a push. Again, if they stay healthy is the key part. And why? And why do you feel like the Lakers got a push? Lakers can make a push just because it, it's the LeBron factor. Yeah. If LeBron and AD stay healthy, yeah, you, you go, have LeBron a dominant and, duo. LeBron and AD. So, like I said, I think Dallas will find a way to sneak in there. Dallas gonna make. Dallas gonna make it. Denver's gonna make it. Utah, no. Um, <laughs> Utah ain't making it, especially now that they're talking about trading Mitchell too. I really don't think Utah's making it. If we break down the Western Conference as a whole, Sacramento's out. Spurs are out. Clippers are gonna be the Clippers. Pelicans will find a way to make it in, and Portland will make it in. Houston's not doing it. Clippers gonna be top three, but we'll talk about that later. So we've got Golden State is one. Memphis is two, and I, in no particular order. Golden State, Memphis, Lakers, if they can stay healthy, Phoenix, Rockets. We're looking at five already. I need three more. Um, Did you really just put the Rockets in the playoffs? No, Rockets are not going to make it. That's what I said. I'm talking about just, na- just name the teams in the West that are going to make it. 
I got gotcha. you. I'm just talking through my um my train of thought right now. I'm just looking at the entire uh, Western Conference, you know. So New Orleans will make it. Memphis will make it. Mavericks will make it. Warriors will make it. Nuggets will make it. Lakers will make it. Suns will make it. And I think Portland makes it. I don't think the Clippers do it. Kings aren't going to do it. Spurs aren't going to do it. Jazz aren't going to do it. OKC Clippers not going to do what? Do it. Clippers won't make the play. Or Clippers won't be a top eight. They, they might make the play in. We'll get in the- <laughs> I, I'm gonna get on. You, I'll get on. You Clippers guys. might make the play-in. Here's Clippers why might they. make the play-in. Go for it. I got Golden State. I got Phoenix. I got Dallas. Mm-hmm. I got both LA teams. I got Memphis. Right. So let's see. Golden State, Phoenix, both LA teams. Did I say Dallas? Uh, not yet. No, but you did now. Dallas. Go- Golden State, Phoenix, both LA teams. Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give Memphis a shot. Not, not Memphis. Okay. Not Memphis because I already hold up. Let's see. Golden State, Phoenix, both LA teams, Dallas, Memphis. I'm gonna get Minnesota a shot. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna give them a shot. I got Denver definitely. That's eight already. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is going to make some noise. They're gonna get in. That's nine. That is nine right there. So everybody left is Utah, Portland. OKC, Houston, the Kings, and the Spurs. I'll go. Port- I'm gonna go Portland by default. They'll get. The <laughs> you look at the rest of them, because the closest thing to Portland, San Antonio ain't got De- Dejounte Murray no more. Thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> the only team that can compete with Portland to get that 10 seed is Sacramento, and if Sacramento makes it over the Portland Trailblazers. You really got to look at Dana. I agree. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to yeah. it. So that's it for that. As for the Wizards, I, I think Beal needs to – Portland has a decent lineup. You have two solid big men and solid defensive players and rebounders in uh, Jeremy Grant and uh, Nurkic. There we go. Yusuf Nurkic Jeremy Grant are two solid, you know, uh, four and fives. So you, you're going to have those big bodies down there who can block and get a board and play defense. You've got two walking buckets in Dame and Anthony Simons. Now, the only issue is Josh Hart is the epitome of, <laughs> of a role player, and you have him starting at the three, which I'm not a fan of. But that's, you know, we'll see what happens. You've still got Nasir Little who can play. You've got Gary Payton uh, based on this roster who could play. So we'll see how that goes. Um, as for Washington, you've got, Kristaps, who who is Kristaps, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You've got Kyle Kuzma, Will Barton, Bradley Beal, and Johnny Davis. Only one of those players I would trust over anything, and it's not Kristaps, and it's not Kuzma, and it's not Barton, and I don't know enough about Johnny Davis to trust him. So it's Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is a focal point of that team. I think Washington has another year or two. Um, to really start building around Beal, or Beal's gone. Beal goes for super team, and that's just that. Now let's keep it with. Wait, how is he going? How is go he going? How, how, how is he going to go to a super team? All that money that they already gave him. Trade or wait out his contract. All right. Now let's keep it with contracts. So DeAndre Ayton, you and I talked about a big sign and trade potentially with Ayton. Now uh, that's not happening because of. The Suns giving him one of the biggest contracts ever. So per ESPN, there's a Woj article right here talking about how the Phoenix Suns, or quote, 
The Phoenix Suns matched the Indiana Pacers' four-year $133 million offer sheet for restricted free agent center DeAndre Ayton, clearing the way for him to return to the franchise. His agents, Bill Duffy and Nima Namakian, Namakian I might have butchered that name, I apologize, um, told ESPN on Thursday night. Suns had until 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday to match the largest offer sheet in the history of the NBA, but matched immediately and ended the Pacers' pursuit of Aiden. So Aiden's gone, and based on this contract, they cannot trade Aiden until January 15th and cannot trade him for a full year without his consent. So basically, Aiden's here, and he's in Phoenix to stay. So KD is not going to Phoenix because they're not trading Booker who also signed a max contract and they're not trading Aiton and they're not trading Chris Paul. So sounds like KD staying in Phoenix. Now that's going to be really, really interesting for the league going forward. KD. Sorry, KD staying in Brooklyn. My bad. <laughs> Looking at a Phoenix logo and said Phoenix. My bad. Durant staying in Brooklyn. It looks like until they can find somewhere else for him to go, but he will not be going to Phoenix. So that'll be interesting to see. What do you think about this whole Aiton thing? Cause I, I got my own thoughts on what Phoenix was doing but I'll let you start. Here's my thoughts on it. If you're Phoenix, you couldn't let Aiton go. No. One, you should have gave him the you should have gave him the max before the season even started. He helped you get to the finals. He kept getting he kept getting better with CP. If you're keeping CP three, you had to keep you had to keep Aiton. He also because had one of the best buzzer beaters ever. Because you one, you wasn't drafting another center of that talent. No. Two, you wasn't gonna find a you wasn't gonna find a free agent with the with the level of ability of his talent. Nope. It only makes sense that you drafted him. Not to mention, not drafted. No, that you something that you gave him the max or that you right. paid him. Because one, you drafted DeAndre eight number one overall at that time. At that time during that draft, it was valid. He was the number one overall pick, and it wasn't close. Well. Off the, okay, it was close, but not close enough that you had to rethink it or rethink your whole decision. No, because it went because, eight with Marvin Bagley, right? Yep. Now, that, now, 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 if you, now, if you're Sacramento, <laughs> you just kept making bad decisions. At, at the One of those players but we'll, out. Actually, we're gonna actually we need to go back and talk about summer league, but we'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. Phoenix drafted DeAndre Ayton, no, um, number one overall. You drafted him over Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Let that sink in. So. Luca's doing his thing in Dallas. Trey Young's doing his thing in Atlanta. If you're the Phoenix Suns, you cannot, you cannot let that go. No. Or else you're going to be in the same boat that Sacramento's in. You cannot let that go. So they had to go ahead and get the money. They shouldn't have waited that long. They wasn't going to get nothing extra. So no. that solidified Phoenix in like instilling championship contention because of the core that they got. Now, hopefully, what Luca did to him in the playoffs humbled him enough to shut to shut up and like just and just compete with all that and cut out all that trash talking when they ain't done nothing. Hopefully, that helps them out and they'll be able to like get uh, move forward. But that's just but that's just me. So Phoenix did what they had to do. They had to resign Nathan. Bottom line. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good point, and I think for me, I think Phoenix was just waiting to see what Aiton was worth. I think they were waiting to see what they could get if they did a sign and trade or if they did something along the lines of, you know, what what can we get for Aiden? Trade offers, anything like that. Can we get KD to come down here and play with Devin Booker and Chris Paul? Or do we, you know, what's he even worth? If nobody's looking for this guy, why are we going to offer him the max? Sure enough, when Indiana says, hey, we'll give you the max contract, Phoenix has to go, okay, so that's what he's worth. All right, let's pay it. 
So I think Phoenix is just waiting to see what either A, they could get, or B, if they can get away with saving a little bit of money. We now know the answer. You know, I, I think it was worth it. So you want to get back into Summer League real quick, too. So let's jump into Summer League and round out on the Drew League and LeBron making his first appearance. So but we'll, I want to make yeah. a quick note real quick. We was talking about it. like how Sacramento hasn't made good drafts. Right. That kid out of Iowa, Keenan Murray. <laughs> that dude right there, Sacramento might have got it right. They might have. They might have gotten it right. There's but a first have, time for everything. But we have seen them mess up. And they're but, gonna do it again. And they and Sacramento got a lot of, got a lot of things they got to figure out and they got to learn how to do. But Keenan Murray, they might have gotten that right. And they might have. And I'll leave it at that. But yeah, let's get into the Drew League with LeBron. They got Sabonis too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Sabonis at center. You've got uh, De'Aaron Fox at the or at the one. You got you got Davion Mitchell out of out of Liberty out of Liberty County. Yes, sir. My, you my, do my, my area. Yes, sir, you do. But they and also they just signed Malik Monk. That'll be interesting. Phoenix might be doing some interesting stuff. But yeah, let's jump on the front of the Drew League. So that was uh, not something I expected to see. And apparently he packed that out. He played with Tamar, didn't he? Yep. That's fun, man. I mean, yeah, for yeah, for yeah, forty two points. Yeah, he. I just I don't even know where to begin with that. Basically, and, Bron, Skip, and yeah. Skip, and apparently Skip Bayless was not was he was <laughs> the NBA world knew he was going to have something to say. And oh, he, always, and he didn't, and he did not waste time. No, he didn't waste time. We, but we'll get to uh, that. But like, we'll talk about that later. Um, here's my takeaway from this: LeBron can do what uh, LeBron can do what he wants basketball wise. Yeah, absolutely. He can do whatever he wants. He can do the big three if he wanted to, and like you, and you would get record numbers. The Drew League was going to be packed. Quavo was there. Uh, I think I, I don't know who all was there, but I know Quavo was there. There was a lot of people yep. that was there. I was on Facebook. I was on Facebook trying to figure out who got Facebook Lives on that thing. I was on YouTube trying to figure it out. That's how that's how LeBron is. That's what superstars do. That's what box office superstars do. And you 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 pay money. You try to figure out ways. The viewership goes up because they want to see what they want to see, and everybody wants to see LeBron. Especially in the Drew League because he ain't he ain't done it I believe since 03. So that happened. We automatically LeBron looked good, looked good. He did like for going into his 20th season. Like bro, looked good. He looked like nothing. Looked like nothing different. So like, you know, the big deal is just like how much he uh, how much he impacted one Drew League game, and not to mention changed the whole numbers and stuff like. We see NBA players in the Drew League before. Yeah. Rarely have you seen the best player in the game or one of the greatest players of all time playing your Drew League. That helped out tremendously. And that was one heck of a turnout. And I was happy to see it. I was entertained. I was entertained as well because the crowd was amazing. LeBron did what he was I'm like LeBron did what he was gonna do. So like I I was into it. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was it was fun to see something like that happen, and we know LeBron could do whatever he wants at basketball. He made Space Jam too. Um, but <laughs> there's my cheap shot of the day. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was fun to watch. It's nice to see one of the biggest star, or the biggest name in the game, bringing attention to the Drew League, and just you know, balling out. I mean, it, it's, I really don't have too much else to say about it. It was incredible to watch, and it's nice. It it shows how much pull he has. And what he can do to just anything if he's just there. So, but it was cool to see him and Demar ball out. I mean, LeBron showed up, put up a, 
a great show and really just a great performance overall. I agree. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not, from, not from that. Nothing else. Anything else we want to get into, Matt? Um, we did get a list as far as like, uh, uh somebody actually put, sent me a list of uh, HBCU football homecomings. Um, mm-hmm. and, their, and their dates. Uh, anything in October eighth, I'm not going because that's Bama versus A and M. I'm not missing that. <laughs> no. Um, but def, but like October twenty sixth, that's Jackson State's homecoming. I'm gonna try to do what I can to make sure I can get there. There you go. So yeah, I'm gonna try to have fun on that point. Um, the MLB playoffs is coming up. The Home Run Derby just listed their names, and I know that I'm happy for my Braves because not only is Ronald Cunha in the Home Run Derby, but he made another All Star, uh, and a bunch of my Braves made the All Star team, and I'm happy about that. Braves are looking good, man. Braves are looking really good. Yep. Yankees are gonna. Which we, do- I really wish we would have got that series against the Mets, though. We went to we went oh, yeah. one, only got one out of three, but we'll get them later on in the season. And I think the Mets are still going. Like the Mets are a good team. They um, we'll, we'll be we'll be fine going into the second half of the season. Oh yeah, the Mets are gonna find a way to slow it down. So, but I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch. Let me see if I could find. I want to find the standings right now because last time I checked, my Red Sox made a remarkable push, but nobody's beating the act. <laughs> Speak the devil. Bottom of the fourth, the Yankees are up on the Red Sox, five to two. Oh, uh, doesn't surprise question. me the slightest. What's up? Question: If the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing right now, then who's playing the ESPN game later tonight? That's a great question. Who is playing tonight? I don't think anybody's playing tonight. Yeah, I got a four oh five game on NBC. That's it. Well, okay. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean. It's going to be fun to watch standings-wise. I mean, if you look at who's been, you know, who's just been playing, I mean, the Braves are doing what the Braves are doing. Braves are looking great. Uh, Yankees are leaps and bounds ahead of anybody who's even remotely close to taking first place in the AL. The Astros are the second team out, and I think they're four games. Yeah, they're four games back. So tw- I guess it's a little more attainable now. But between the Yankees and the Twins, Twins are the third team in the AL. They're 13 games behind New York. Like, it's... After the Astros, there's a steady drop off. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I mean, AL is going to be a bit of an arms race this year, or a bit of a race this year. Dodgers and the Mets are just kings of the National League. Braves and Brewers are right, or Brewers and Braves are right behind them. So it's going to be really interesting to see what's going on. Who do you so, got? When, who, who do you got winning uh, AL MVP? Aaron AL. Judge or, Shohei, or Shohei Otani? Shohei wins. I got Aaron Judge. I think Shohei wins just because if you look, look at him, it, bro, he's more it, of that it, two-way it, player. Major League Baseball and how they do their awards, it's always confusing. It, I'm with it, you. it literally is. I mean, I'm you did not make the playoffs and win an MVP. Bryce Hopper did that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculous with me, but then again, it is the MLB. So. I think Shohei takes it over Judge. I'm going Judge. Now, as far as NL MVP, I'm not really sure. I haven't, keep, I haven't kept up, but AL, that was the main thing I kept hearing about. But I, I got to go Judge. Yeah, I'm with you. I, don't, I mean, I'm going Shohei, but I don't know too much about an LMVP. But yeah, man, we got anything else we want to get into? Nope, that's all for me. Cool, man. All right, well, let's call it. Well, thanks again for tuning back in. Um, this is episode 11. Thank you for listening. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, so go follow us on there. It's at Two Dudes of Sports News on Facebook. Like the page. You can interact with us a little bit more there. If you have anything you guys want us to talk about for next week's episode, that's where you can find it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you liked it, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. Uh, If you didn't like it, this conversation never happened. So we appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace.